you have to release how you think you should be, Mm -hmm. how you think you should be showing up, the kind of offerings that you think you should be doing, the strategy that you, you probably, you know, my, my clients usually have taken lots of courses. They've learned, they're very smart, learn lots of information. And yet all of this information is bogging them down. And so Mm -hmm. they need to release what is not serving them and really come home, which is the reveal. That's the phase Mm -hmm. two is reveal who, what are the parts of you that you're not sharing? How can you set yourself free and embrace and heal and love those parts of yourself? The big question is, how can a shy girl with social phobia become a strong woman with jaw-dropping confidence? This podcast is here to give you the answer. I spent the last four years learning from the best coaches to date. Join me and my guests as I learn, apply and share best confidence techniques for women. My name is Silvia Valashikova and you are listening to Confident Women Secrets. Hey there, friends. Welcome to Confident Women Secrets podcast. My name is Silvia Valashikova and in today's interview, I would like to introduce a very special guest, Jess Tomlinson. Jess Tomlinson is a visibility, leadership and business coach, an intuitive guide for women entrepreneurs, creatives and influencers who have learned all the systems and strategies yet are feeling disconnected from themselves and want to feel like a kid on Christmas morning again in business and life. With over 10 years leading branding and marketing for award-winning media and travel companies, she brings her skills plus intuition to support her clients in releasing how they think they should operate in business and instead become the truest embodiment of themselves as evolving visible leaders, radiantpreneurs. Jess has been featured for her expert advice on multiple media interviews, including NPR, alongside renowned spiritual teacher Byron Katie, and on live TV. She was also named one of Las Vegas' top five empowered women entrepreneurs and has produced three TEDx Women events. She lives with her sexy videographer, soul partner Ben, in Las Vegas, where they spend their time hiking, sipping vino, jazz and whiskey, Ben, playing cribbage and planning their next travel adventure. I am so honored that she accepted the invite to come for interview. She is a gorgeous and sweet person and we can learn a lot from her, so make sure to stick around till the end of the interview. Hi Jess and welcome. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me, Sylvia. I'm really excited to connect and dive deeper into this conversation you're starting. You're very welcome. Uh, Jess and I, we virtually virtually met met (laughs) this year on the Great Challenge uh, you organized together with uh, Melissa Harmon. And it focused on teaching us, those who took the challenge, to become more visible online, especially on Facebook Lives. And you challenge us to do a Facebook Live on a specific topic for like five days in a row, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I must say it was a stretch for me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but the challenge itself, it was amazing. And you gave us such great support 
and really like you watched all the Facebook lives and you encouraged us all the way through and you were giving us so much love. I really, I remember, oh, I remember I shared with you um, that I'm scared that I have this accent and that people won't understand me because of the accent and you encouraged me like, yeah, I can hear your accent, but you are fine. It's all good. And I felt so relieved. So really, thank you for that. It was very helpful. Mm, you're so welcome. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me about that part. Yeah, it's funny because for me, I'm like, okay, yeah, you have an accent, but you are so <laughs> proficient and you're you're really amazing on camera. Like during the challenge, I was just so impressed how you you were one of the women, you know, there was a good chunk of women that like were so dedicated and did every single video and you were one of those. And I was just really, really impressed by you uh, pushing, not pushing, I don't like that word, but like leaning into that discomfort. Thank you. Thank you. It really helped me a lot. I became much more visible since then. Even I started this podcast and yeah, all yeah. things like that. So Congratulations. Uh, that's what it's all about, right? Is just getting our voices into the world, however we can be visible and really making a difference. So thank you for, for starting this podcast and just everything you do. I really appreciate it. It's making a big difference in many women's lives, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we will see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, but maybe we can talk a bit uh, more about it later, but I would like to start with the beginning of like, your journey like your business uh i know that you were you were in the corporate world as well and then mm -hmm. at some point you decided to start your own business or how was it correct yeah yeah for me um i was in corporate marketing um for almost 10 years my whole career from start to finish and um you know the way that business or entrepreneurship kind of happened for me was I was just tending to find myself in circles with other women entrepreneurs. Um, even while I was in corporate, I was very involved in leadership positions in the community, which for me at the time was Las Vegas, which is actually, I just recently moved back there. I was in California mm -hmm. for three years, but went back to what I consider really my home and where I got my start in uh, entrepreneurship and um, really personal development as well. Like, um, and so those kind of coincided, you know, I feel like they're not separate as you probably know. It's like mm -hmm. personal development and business. It's really mm -hmm. like all one journey. And um, so the first kind of big thing that happened for me was, yeah, being in a leadership position in the Chamber of Commerce in Las Vegas. So there's all these other business people and I'm, you know, I'm involved in the young professional organization. And I started noticing like all these amazing people who were doing their own thing. And um, I just started to get really inspired. But I never really thought like it was for me, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like maybe I could do that. But I was so happy with my corporate career. I had a really great corporate career. I was really good at it. Um, and I love marketing, you know, <laughs> so I got to work um, initially in magazine marketing, magazine, newspapers, really all forms of media, one of the biggest um, media companies in the US I got to work for. And so I got a lot of great exposure there um, in the realms of 
um, both advertising, but also events and sales, because I got to help the sales team um, there actually be able to sell the ads that went into mm -hmm. the magazines and that kept the magazines even alive, right? Like we all know, um, well, maybe not everybody knows, so I'll explain, <laughs> but the way that the magazines work is they have to be funded um, to be able to print by adver advertisers. And so I learned so many different things in that line of my corporate career. And then I went on for a, about seven years um, to work for a travel um, airline. And I worked Ooh. on the inside where, yeah, so I love travel. So that's, um, that's one thing that I do miss, but I still get mm -hmm. to travel quite a bit, which is awesome. Um, and so I got to get that perspective of from um, the employee, like, what does it look like to be an employee and um, to feel happy at work because that's what mm -hmm. my job was, was leading a team for corporate culture. And so I've really got like during my corporate career, I was, I I was super happy, you know, I was doing all these cool things, very cutting edge. Um, but for me, I think what really, what really flipped the switch for getting me to open up my perspective and say, wait a minute, I could do that. I could, I could actually be my own, you know, boss, be, have my own business was, um, one of my very first, um, like role models in the feminine leadership, uh, space. Um, her name is Tanya Lynn. Um, and she has an organization called sister ship circle, which mm -hmm. was formerly tri tribal truth. And um, she, I met her at an event in New York, actually Marie Forleo's event back when Marie was still doing live events. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, you know, I've been wanting to start a women's circle in Las Vegas. Do you want to do one? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so like just immediately I wanted to, you know, I've always kind of led women's groups and women's circles. Just it's very natural for me. So I just find myself in, in these circumstances where I'm leading groups of women so that's really how it all began. I got this, like, um, I discovered the fulfillment of being able to gather other women and to really um, see them at their highest, especially in the midst of um, being able to share vulnerably what was going on for them or whatever they were struggling with and to really create that sisterhood. Um, and so that's, that's what started it all for me. And then um, the, the really tipping point after that. So I had like my role models of other entrepreneurs. And then I had um, this women's group that I was leading and noticing like, wow, the impact that I could make. Um, and then the third piece was I went to um, this spiritual retreat with my dear friend, Christina Ambubiaz. He was a professional intuitive and psychic. And at her retreat in Lake Tahoe, um, her and her co-leader basically sat me down and they're like, you need to be coaching. You need to be coaching. And I'm like, but who's going to pay me for that? And I started crying. I started crying. Those, You know, those truth mm -hmm. tears. <laughs> we were like, okay, wow. Like there's a lot of emotion behind this. There must be some mm -hmm. truth to it. And that's how I got my start. I just started. I was like, you know what? I'm a coach. I don't care that I don't have any training because I actually have a lot of practical training mm -hmm. um, from actually like leading women, not just, you know, going to coach school, nothing wrong with coach mm -hmm. school, but um, that was one thing that um, I didn't let stop me. And then 
here we are today. It's been 10 years since I've had my own business. I, I started it in my corporate career and then built it up to what it is today. And um, was it like scary for you? You said you were crying and all these emotions and was it also scary? How did you gather up your confidence for that? Like, yes, okay, I'm leaving this job and I'm starting my business. This is day one. And how could you handle it? Yeah, well, so I didn't leave my job right away. I mm -hmm. think that that is um, that's something that I would typically do because I'm kind of one of those like jump and see what mm -hmm. happens people. It's actually kind of exciting for me. However, um, you know, I've come to realize over the years that especially when you're first starting your business, it can be kind of like starry eyed, especially if you're a very optimistic person like me. And the reality is, is that it takes time, it takes time mm -hmm. to build a business, you know, like I, myself and other of um, my friends who've been in business for a long time, um, really like to talk about how there's never any guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. And things shift. That's just what it is to be an entrepreneur. Um, and so I think it's really smart at the beginning, especially to really get your footing while you have a stable job. And I never would have said that before. I would have been like, just do it. <laughs> but for me, I think that was part of my confidence was I had a really great job, a nice paycheck. I was making a you know, good chunk of money in corporate. And so I had a lot less pressure and I, I was able to start my business from a place of fun an inspiration mm -hmm. instead of like, I have to make this work, mm -hmm. which is a different energy. And that can be really, really hard. Um, so for me, um, you know, it's been four, no, maybe four or five, can't keep track, four or five, can't remember, full years that I've been 100% mm -hmm. in my business. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've been doing this for a long time, 10 years, but four full years, um, you know, I, I led up and I built up to that place. Yeah, that sounds great. It's a, it sounds like really safe because at the beginning you were having your job and you felt when it is, it is the right time to switch to full-time business, right? Yeah, I did. And the, the moment that I knew, well, first of all, I tried to do it on my own, you know, because mm -hmm us ambitious women are like, yes, I can do it on my own. And then you very quickly realize, okay, not only you, you can do it on your own if you want, but it's going to take a lot longer and it's going to be a lot mm -hmm. harder um, than if you have a coach. So I finally hired a coach and that's really when things started to take off for me um, because I, I, I had that support that I needed. Um, to to really make it through the tough times, um, mm -hmm. meaning you know if a if a phone call doesn't go well with a potential client, instead of just like crying alone, I had my coach, you know, that I mm -hmm. could be like, all right, is this normal, and feel like you're you're a normal human. Um, and so when I hired her, um, my very first coach, I like to say names of people because I think it's important. My very first mm -hmm. coach was Christina Morassi. Mm -hmm. And, um, with her, I created my first, um, big program or big offering, which was my Bali retreat. Mm -hmm. And nice. yeah. And so I did that retreat, um, and it was very successful. And so after that first retreat, I also had a six month program that I offered. Um, and so 
I proved to myself like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, if I'm honest with myself, I'm not sure how much longer I would have stayed in my corporate job because I did love it. If it wasn't for, I was dating a guy at the time and mm -hmm. we were, we were getting really serious and considering what would it be like for me to move to San Francisco. And so it was kind of that, you know, how we need those nudges sometimes mm -hmm. to really mm -hmm. like boost our confidence. It was like that nudge I needed to quit my job. Mm -hmm. because I was too, I was too scared to admit it to myself and also my senior vice president that I reported to, um, that I was quitting because I wanted to go all in on my business. So instead I used the excuse mm -hmm. of I'm, I'm going well, to live with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's just one of those honest truths that I think sometimes we need to admit to ourselves and not beat ourselves up around and say like, mm -hmm. it's okay. And that's exactly what I needed because since then I haven't gone back, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So yeah. can you tell us something more about what you do as a coach and maybe who is Radiant Brenner? Who is ready? Uh, a Radiant Brenner. Oh, a Radiant Brenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You. Sorry. you see, I that's like... the accent. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> It just took me a minute because I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's my <laughs> Yeah, that's the excellent. It happens sometimes. Yeah, don't mind me. I also didn't get very much sleep last night. I was like up with a, a tummy ache. So it's probably partially me too. Um, so yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, tell us something more about your business what you do about my business. Okay. What mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. Great. Okay. So Radiantpreneur. Yes. That is, um, that is what I help women step into being a Radiantpreneur, which for me means that if you are a leader, if you are a entrepreneur, if you're a coach or a healer and really a visionary type, I find that I really like to serve, um, the, very creative people um, because I can kind of get them. I get them, mm -hmm. you know, I know how to also help translate the work that they do into their visibility. And so my specialties are leadership and visibility. And what that means is really being able to fully express all sides of ourselves as a leader as a visionary in our businesses so that we can not only be visible and really like magnetize who we're meant to serve, but more so what I care about is how you feel each and every day when you get up. Are you worried about what people are going to think about you? Are you hiding behind your computer instead of doing that Facebook live or sharing um, about your amazing story because you're afraid of X, Y, Z. And there's lots of things that my clients are typically afraid of. And it's not a bad thing. This is a very natural thing to be worried about um, how other people view us because it brings up this feeling of, do I belong and am I safe? Mm -hmm. And so what I really support um, women leaders and entrepreneurs in doing is setting themselves free for needing to be a certain way so that no matter how they're feeling, no matter what they're going through, 
no matter the day, they can really step into their authentic self-expression. Mm-hmm. And that means owning, um, I teach these three different archetypes, which I call um, feminine leadership archetypes. And, um, you know, there, there's so many different parts of ourselves, but I find it's really helpful to categorize these three parts so that we can begin to own them and to mm-hmm. not deny them. Um, and the three feminine leadership archetypes are the playful child, the radiant rebel, and the sexy feminine. Mm-hmm. And so I can go into a little bit more depth if, if yeah, you have time yeah, or if you want. Yeah, yeah? okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so these archetypes, the way that they came about was I actually did my first, prof- well, no, my second professional photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized after, like, they let me choose three outfits and I realized afterwards, whoa, these are like three very different sides of me. You know, we always talk about kind of personal branding, right? It's like a very fuzzy, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Like you must brand yourself, brand yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually my background is marketing and branding. And like, that's what I was in charge of at the magazine company was branding specifically. And yet when it comes to what I noticed is when it comes to us as leaders, if you are the leader in your business, you are the face of your brand. If we want to label it, um, it's very harmful. Actually, if you want to do this for a long time, it's very harmful to pigeonhole yourself into, I am only this way. Mm -hmm. And so I must show up this way every single day. That's what people want from me, or that's what, you know, that's the story we tell ourselves. People want this from me, or this is how I want to be seen. And we become attached to our identity. And then what happens is if we, we, it creates this tension and it's, it becomes hard to show up because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be seen a certain way. And the reality is, is that we can never be seen a particular way. It's not natural, mainly for women, right? To be all the time, same position, same emotions, like no way. No, (laughs) especially for women, like we have a full range of emotions. And so these archetypes help, my intention is that they help women have permission to embrace Mm -hmm. these different sides of themselves. So the playful child is, is your playful side. Like how can you allow yourself to have fun, to create ease, to be um, a possibility seer or seeker as the leader Mm -hmm. and to not, you know, what happens, the reason why we avoid the playful child is because, and this is one that I I avoided for a long time, um, is because we're afraid of not being seen as smart. Mm -hmm. We tell ourselves that business women need to be serious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much because of, uh, like patriarchal society, right? Like mm-hmm. women's joy and our, our kind of like playfulness, which we're really good at is shoved down because, um, because of, of the way that we've been conditioned to not, you know, not be that way. And in order to survive is what we've told ourselves. Right. And part of this is true. So it's like healing, um, in order to survive, we need to be serious. Yeah, but exactly. the truth, right? Do, do you resonate with that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the but the truth is, is that the more we can embrace this 
playful, fun side of ourselves, business is going to be a lot easier because we're having fun. And then the second thing that I realized is that people want to follow people who are fun and they want to pay people who make things fun Mm -hmm. because why would you want to like, you know, hire a mentor that makes things hard? (laughs) Like, no. I'm serious. (laughs) Yeah. So there's lots of, there's lots of different like complexities to these archetypes. So I'm just kind of like really simplifying um, for people to kind of just get the gist of it. Um, So that's a playful child. And then there is the radiant rebel, which is the part of ourselves that is um, bold and breaks the status quo and um, speaks up and is, is more of that fiery part of ourselves that oftentimes as you know women or people we push down because we are afraid of being seen as a bitch or pushy or bossy or um we don't want to hurt people because we think that like having a strong voice is going to hurt people Mm -hmm. um and the reality is that when we embrace the radiant rebel side of ourselves we have more of that um, fire in our belly to really believe, right? If we're talking about confidence, to really believe in what we say and to trust that our boldness actually serves people and helps to activate them and wake them up and actually get them to take action. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe and have so, like also more freedom to be ourselves. Yes, more freedom to mm-hmm. own that part of ourselves that. Um, we have something to say, and sometimes it's it's a hard truth, you know. So, um, so something that I was really afraid to share back when I first started being a coach was that I didn't like this term, woo woo. You hear that term mm-hmm. a lot, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I was really angry, and I still don't like the term, um, but I didn't. At first, I was scared to share that I I didn't like that term, and I felt like it was actually harming those of us who are woo woo. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. So I'm very mm-hmm. spiritual. I'm very like, you know, I believe in in. Well, I I don't just believe. I know that energy and things impact us, right? And so for me, I wanted to talk about how using that term actually was hurting those of us who were doing more healing work. And when I finally did a video about it and allowed my Radiant Rebel to shine through, um, I actually got contacted by NPR, um, National Public Radio. They found my video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And mind you, there was only like 34 views on this video, like very few, but Mm -hmm. NPR found me. And they asked me to be interviewed alongside Byron Katie, who um, is a longtime spiritual leader mm-hmm. that teaches the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like blown away. I couldn't believe it. And so it was all because I embraced my radiant rebel and I, I moved past that fear of what are people going to think of me? And, and I just did it anyways. And, and look what happened. That was Whoa. good, like proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's the radiant rebel. And then the third one is the sexy feminine, which is the one that I usually get the most pushback on because women Mm -hmm. were taught to not be sexy or to not 
embrace this part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the sexy feminine archetype is very complex, um, which is why I love her. She's very unique to every woman because what is sexy to one woman will not be sexy to another. It's all about finding your authenticity within these parts of ourselves. Um, and the interesting thing about the sexy feminine is that she actually leads with vulnerability and with heart. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have anything to prove. And she wants to share the pain of what she's been through and how she's overcome it in order to connect and to allow the people that she wants to serve um, or her followers or her clients um, to allow them to see the humanity. So that, mm -hmm. and what this does is that this, this builds trust. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we deny the sexy feminine is because we're afraid that if we embrace this really, um, this it's a sexual power, that we're afraid that if we're too soft or we're too just kind of in our bodies and we're not more in our heads, mm -hmm. that that we will be um, we will be taken down or we won't be taken seriously or uh, we'll be vulnerable, right? We'll be like vulnerable to um, people saying that we're not good enough or, you know, who are we to struggle? <laughs> like all mm -hmm. these ideas that we're afraid of. Um, and yet it's the very thing that uh, our people need to really feel our hearts, so. Mm -hmm. It's very beautiful, I really love it. Beautiful, and if I, would like to spend like more time in each of the archetype. How can I do that? Yeah, you can. I actually have um, a quiz that you can take. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, now I'm forgetting, because the quiz is actually very specific to video. So if your audience is, is interested, um, it's jessicatomlinson.com forward slash um, let me double check the <laughs> link right now. I think it's forward slash quiz, but let me, let me triple check it. Yeah, so forward slash quiz. And then you can also learn more. Um, I give some great, so that's, that's more specific for video, which you can apply to everything. But um, I also give more input into embracing these different sides of yourself. Um, through a guide that I have, which is called mm -hmm. the four phases to becoming the truest embodiment of you mm -hmm. um, as a radiant entrepreneur. And that is um, at jessicatomlinson.com forward slash guide. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of like choose whichever one resonates or download them both. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? That's the best yeah. option. <laughs> yeah. And you were also talking about self-expression. Why do you feel or maybe think um, self-expression is so important mainly for women yeah self-expression it's our power mm -hmm. it's both our power but it's also the gateway to two things that we all talk about all the time thing that we want which is freedom and fulfillment mm -hmm. so we think that the strategy to freedom and fulfillment is the money right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, like money is nice, right? But there is tons of proof and I can be proof myself that, 
you know, anytime I have made a ton of money, like a ton is relative, right? But anytime I brought in a level of abundance that feels like it's a lot for my, Mm -hmm. you know, my normalcy, um, that hasn't brought about freedom. What that's brought about is like me patting myself on the back saying, good job. (laughs) (laughs) But what we're all craving is actually a feeling, right? And the ultimate freedom and fulfillment comes from being able to love the work that we do, Mm -hmm. to feel fully self-expressed. Like we can just show up and do our work and not have to be a certain way. And so it's really self-expression. The way that I teach it is embracing all sides of your self-expression, all parts of who you are, and allowing yourself to show up authentically that way as a leader like that Mm -hmm. is true freedom and fulfillment Mm -hmm. yeah and it's inspiring for other people yeah definitely Mm -hmm. and you also talk about visibility and you teach visibility that's like the part i was taking the challenge and how are you helping women with visibility how do you help them be more visible yeah it starts with these parts of ourselves. So mm-hmm. I really, um, that guide that I was mentioning, um, there's a four, four phase um, journey that mm-hmm. I like to take women through when it comes to um, really stepping into your authentic visibility. And um, the phases are release, reveal, mm-hmm. reinvent, or you can say realign if reinvent is too scary for some people (laughs) (laughs) and then receive. Mm -hmm. And what those phases are is in order to step into your visible leadership, to really be fully self-expressed, to find that freedom and fulfillment that you are desiring and longing for. That's going to keep you going in this business for as long as you want. Um, You have to release how you think you should be. Mm -hmm how you think you should be showing up, the kind of offerings that you think you should be doing, the strategy that you, you probably, you know, my, my clients usually have taken lots of courses. They've learned, they're very smart, learn lots of information. And yet all of this information is bogging them down. And so Mm -hmm. they need to release what is not serving them and really come home, which is the reveal. That's the phase Mm -hmm. two is reveal who, what are the parts of you that you're not sharing? How can you set yourself free and embrace and heal and love those parts of yourself? Um, and revealing, what do you really want? You know, what is, is the vision that you want to create? And then we'll create the strategy, not the other way around where we're like strategizing and planning what we should do. And then we, we realize down the road, this isn't what I wanted. Um, so that's the revealing part. And then reinvent, realign is where you actually take the action. So a lot of my work is, is deeper inner work um, mm-hmm. and really questioning what we think we're supposed to be doing, who we think we are. Um, and so not until phase three do we get to the place where we're like, all right, now that we know what we want, now that we know who we are and these pieces of ourselves that we want to share, um, now we can reinvent or realign our business accordingly um, so that we can have the freedom and fulfillment mm-hmm. and fun that we want, right? 
Um, and the money comes alongside that, which is a great part because when you are fully lit up, fully self-expressed, you're more magnetic, you feel better, you have more energy um, to be able to, to call in the abundance that you really want. Um, and so we realign all the little parts of your business, kind of like a chiropractor would realign. <laughs> you feel so much better, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, your spine is finally standing up straight. You're like, oh, this is what it feels like to be Feels me. good. <laughs> it feels so good. Um, yeah. And then, and so we create within that a lot of, you know, what do your social media posts look like now? What mm -hmm. do your videos look like now? You know, do you want to do um, a bigger visibility project where you're either doing a challenge or you're doing a summit mm -hmm. or you're doing, or you're starting your podcast or whatever it is, right? <laughs> um, so we create really like visibility opportunities out of your core, you know, realizations through these phases. Um, and then the final phase is really important. And this is one that I, I don't see a lot of coaches talking about. It's like the three phases are really kind of diving in, doing the work, putting mm -hmm. the work out there. But then that fourth phase is receive. And this is really important, especially for the sexy feminine archetype, which is all about not having to try, all about filling herself up so she can come from a place of overflow. So it's like celebrating you know, really like taking good care of yourself and all the work that you have done. And what this does is this gives you the juice to continue to move forward, no matter what happens in your business, right? Like, because it's a lot of times, like there's certain things that we can really, you know, align and, and put ourselves out there. But at the end of the day, all we can ever guarantee is how we feel. Mm -hmm. You know, we can choose how we want to feel. So the receiving helps to do that mm -hmm. and to continue moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, the perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, when it comes to visibility and me, it's like, in my case, it's all about like being seen online as I am like, with my accent, with my English um, from Slovakia and whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, after the challenge, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit more leaning in, like I'm okay with having this podcast, with doing, I don't know, Facebook Live. And it's like, okay, I can't guarantee like the result, how will like, I don't know, how many mistakes will I make? How will I, I don't know, look or whatever, but I'm okay with them because that's me. And it's like, yeah, it's making me feel more free, more like, yeah, I would also say like more happy and maybe more fulfilled person because it's much more natural to me. I'm not trying to be like someone different or do something like how, yeah, how should I be seen or how should I do something? I'm like myself and it feels much better. Yeah, but um, what I wanted to ask is like a few days or maybe weeks even ago, you sent me this video where you were talking about self-expectation and uh, this caterpillar effect. And I really loved that speech because you were so amazing. You were like, mm. I don't know, you didn't use any notes. You were like speaking from your heart and mm. it was such a beautiful speech. I was like, oh my God. 
when will I speak this way? But, you know, it was really mm. beautiful. And can you say something about it? Maybe like what is caterpillar effect and what does it yes. do with like self expectations? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, that reflection, that video um, was my first professional public talk. So mm -hmm. I'd done a lot of talks, um, but that one actually I prepared for several months. I crafted it, mm -hmm. I prepared it, I practiced it a lot mm -hmm. in order to give that talk that night. And um, it was part of being in my best friend's program, mm -hmm. Alexia Vernon. She is a public speaking coach and um, she is just phenomenal. And so I credit a lot of that talk to um, getting the support of her and also practicing, which was something that I really resisted doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love to just stand up and, and, you know, as you say, like just kind of speak from the heart. And yet that talk was the first time that I really practiced and crafted something that was so important to me, which is this concept of, um, releasing expectations. And so the caterpillar effect is, um, this whole concept that like a caterpillar um, who has to first really surrender to the process of transformation, right? Like, can you imagine if the caterpillar didn't surrender to this process of literally being its DNA being turned to goo and to uh, recreating it from the caterpillar into a butterfly um, and it, stayed so attached to wanting to be a caterpillar it would never turn into this beautiful creature that it's meant to be and mm -hmm. so that is an analogy for us as leaders as mm -hmm. women who want to make a difference if we hold on to these expectations of who we think we are um and oftentimes they're really high expectations of ourselves that don't serve they don't serve us um, to continue to make mistakes and to try mm -hmm. things and we hold such high standards that really it's we create a, a, a non-winning game for ourselves mm -hmm. and life becomes really hard and really not fun and we're constantly beating ourselves up if we if we don't release these expectations and what I care deeply about now in my work is these identities that we hold ourselves to like I must be a smart leader. I must be a nice leader. Mm -hmm. I must be, you know, whatever kind of leader. Um, and so that's, that's the caterpillar effect is that if we can let go of these expectations of who we think we are and mm -hmm. instead find freedom in who we're meant to be, mm -hmm. that's where the magic is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I really love this idea because it resonates so much with me. I try so hard that sometimes all the stakes are so high that I'm always losing, if you know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, still running, running, doing more and more and more. But and I'm still not there. I'm still not there. I, I don't even know where am I running or why am I doing this? So, yes, yeah. it helped me to realize that this is not the right 
the direction or the right way how to do things how to do business especially yeah 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 it's like gosh and I was like this for so long you know as you learned in my talk I was I'm the oldest child I used to get you know all straight A's in school mm -hmm. and um when I got my first B in art I was like mm -hmm. bawling my head off it's like it's just crazy it's 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 really hard to live life like that and I recently had a client that was in that type of a you know super achiever um, mm -hmm. mindset and what I always encourage her to do was to set smaller goals like mm -hmm. it's great to have ambitious goals but just what is the smallest tiniest thing that you would achieve that you would be happy with and that feels counterintuitive like Oh, it's a cop out, but it's not. It's actually really healthy for us to be able to do that. And then what is most important is to celebrate, no matter how mm. things turn out, to find the celebration, right? And and that trains our mind to want to do it again, no matter how something turns out. Mm -hmm. um, so really important for the long game. If 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 we want to be leaders making a difference in the long term or we want to build our businesses or whatever, it takes time. And so the gateway to that longevity, I believe, is really having so much love and compassion for ourselves and letting go of these really crazy expectations that mm -hmm. we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe on a different note, we were talking about all this and I wonder, you organize like three TEDx women events, right? How Correct, does this yeah. fit into your journey? Where was it like when you were in the corporate or in your business and how did you organize it basically? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so TEDx women events, um, I co-produced and co-hosted them with mm -hmm. um, my friend Alexia Vernon, who I just mentioned, helped me with that talk. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's a public speaking coach. And um, so we produced these together when I was still in corporate and I was running my business as well. Mm -hmm. um, and how did it fit in to my journey? Well, it, it, it was one of those opportunities that when it came to me to be able to be the license holder for these TED events, um, it was just kind of a no brainer, you know, like mm -hmm. I was mentioning all these kind of opportunities to lead women just somehow mm -hmm. fall in my lap. And I'm usually like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, and so it was partly from my desire to lead women to help them share their voices on stage. Um, it was partly because it felt fun to do it with my friends. Um, who I love so dearly and to co-create something with her because we work really well together. And then, um, partly selfishly because I love, I love being an MC for events. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, her and I, Alexia and I got to be hosts for our own event and to be on stage and to really also help nurture these women to create an amazing talk. So not all TEDx um, hosts will help their speakers, mm -hmm. but 
we are very like, you know, we're very into public speaking and she mm -hmm. does that, you know, as a coach. Mm -hmm. And so we actually helped coach our speakers Wonderful. even better. Yeah. And so that was, that was really fulfilling to be able to do that and to just have voices in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. um, which is predominantly a male population. Um, I think it's like 60% men, 40% women mm -hmm. that live in Las Vegas. Um, mm -hmm to actually have women's voices heard on the stage. So yeah, that feels like, it feels like eons ago that we did that. Um, and at the same time, mm -hmm. and um, did you believe from the very beginning that you can organize such a big event or did you have any doubt? You know, I come from events, meaning um, I kind of came out of the womb creating events mm -hmm. and organizing. And, mm -hmm. um, it's one of those weird things that I feel like people are either really good at producing events and being organized and detail oriented or they're not. And I'm one of those that I am. <laughs> and so like as a kid, like I was, you know, organizing my cousins and putting on plays and we were performing for like, you know, the grandparents and the family. And then in high school, I was producing um, uh, the proms. Mm -hmm. So like all of those coordination and, you know, as a kid, uh, a, a teenager, I also worked in my grandparents' uh, cherry orchard. So mm -hmm. they have 21 acres of cherries. And so I had to coordinate a lot out there and be in charge of um, that whole kind of production of keeping track of how many uh, boxes of cherries each picker picked and where we were going and what lane we were going to go and like pick them up and there's all these moving pieces right and so I kind of just yeah so I, to answer your question I never had any doubts and I also did a lot of uh, corporate event marketing and um, producing events in corporate and so I uh, gave me a a good foundation and so honestly because ted has such a big name i knew that it'd probably be the easiest event that i've ever produced and and it pretty much was you know mm -hmm. like we didn't have to try hard to get people to attend because people just know the ted name um so yeah it sounds like you were a born organizer <laughs> like really <laughs> yeah. natural talent <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's sometimes like, you know, a blessing and a challenge. I'm like, oh man, because I do like, I, you know, I like things to be organized and the details and I can see mm -hmm. events and how they're supposed to unfold, blah, 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 you know. So it's, it's, it's usually the challenge for me to step down and not be the leader. So oh, okay. that's been more of my lesson. Mm -hmm. So organizing is your superpower. <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Which is also why I chose to do, you know, some people might have thought I was a little crazy to choose organizing a international retreat to Bali as mm -hmm. my first big offering. Um, but for me, it just felt like a no brainer. Um, mm -hmm. And I had never been to Bali before. It was just so I think the lesson is know your strengths, you know, and know what mm -hmm. lights you up and know what excites you if that completely terrifies you like don't do that you know mm -hmm. do something that would would be in your zone of, of strength and that feels fun and and in alignment for you mm -hmm. and are you still doing these bali retreats or have you 
Yeah, you know, I did a second one. So I did two, um, okay. 2015 and 2016. And then my plan was to do another one um, this year, which currently mm-hmm. we're in 2019 for people listening. Um, and because we ended up having to move from California and go back to Las Vegas and then just a bunch of other stuff happened, um, I had to give myself permission to not push to try mm-hmm. to make that retreat happen. So that's where I'm at right now is looking at, okay, what dates can it be in 2020? I had mm-hmm. quite a bit of interest for this year, but it was just feeling like uh, really challenging to have it all come together. So I'm not a wizard, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I, I really, um, one of my lessons has been really prioritizing um, my own energy and what feels in alignment for me. So mm-hmm. I like to help other people learn how to do that too. And to not look at it as like, oh, it didn't happen. Some sort of, I'm some sort of failure. Cause I can very easily go to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, 2020 Bali and other retreats in the works. So. And for how many women is it for? Um, you know, I like to keep my retreats smaller. So mm-hmm. I usually allow up to nine max. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I really like for it to feel intimate and for everybody to really get um, one-on-one support and to have their voices heard. And um, yeah, I've been to retreats where there's a lot of people and it just feels um, like it's a little bit harder for women to fully, you know, it takes time for us to like process and share. And I really like the depth of sharing. So mm-hmm. um nine women is pretty much max that I can take usually. Mm-hmm. And do you have like program in your mind? What will you do there? How long will it take? Or do you have it figured out or just? Yeah, you know, um, I'm not sure what it's going to be. I feel mm-hmm. like one of the reasons that it also didn't happen this year is because I'm going through a realignment of really checking in, you know, using my own process to mm-hmm. release and reveal and reinvent my own my own business and desires um and so in the past it's been um nine days which is a a good amount of time I don't think I would do it less than that um and there's been a theme every single day to be able to tap into uh different parts of ourselves like radiance or Mm -hmm. adventure or um trying to think of the other ones but those are just some examples of the different themes and then um and we'll see I don't know there's lots of possibilities I'm I'm really looking into how can I offer um more opportunities for women to really practice being visible um Mm -hmm. I think when we do it in front of each other then it becomes even more powerful to as a healing to be witnessed and then we have you know more juice to be able to do it when we're on our own um and my partner ben is a videographer mm-hmm. so that was one of the um things that the bali retreat this year was going to include was a brand brand video i'm not sure if that's going to be the case next year we might just keep brand video separate for people that are interested in working with us individually um i don't know i'm in the questioning phase i'm mm-hmm. kind of you know and and envisioning and learning to trust and not getting into that place that we talked about of like 
let me create this strategy and let me, you know, and then all of a sudden at the end of 2020, I'm like, holy crap, what did I create? Like, this is not fulfilling or it doesn't feel like freedom to me. So sometimes this, this journey can be tough because you're trusting yeah. and you're listening and like, Ugh, I like to move fast, right? But and organize everything. And organize everything and be like, oh yeah, and this is going to be this, this is going to be that. And, you know, what I found in my own life, and I think what is really helpful for other women leaders and entrepreneurs is, is to give themselves space, mm-hmm. to be able to really listen and to figure out what's right for them and to feel what, you know, what feels in alignment, which can be tough because we're used to operating from our head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so inspiring to talk to you. I really love it. But yeah, we are running out of time. So maybe before we wrap up, I would like to ask six very fast questions. And just the first thing that comes to your mind, just shoot. (laughs) Tell us what you think. Okay, so what is great about yourself? What do you consider to be great about you? Ooh. I'm real. Like you can always trust. You can always trust that what I'm going to say is real. And I had to work on that because I used to be really good at at sugarcoating things like being nice and you know, but now I'm very proud of, uh, of that part of myself that is authentic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is, (laughs) what is something that people don't know about you? Tell us some secrets. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh it's a secret. Um, I have so many. Um, I, well, I revealed one that's really fun, which is that I worked in the cherry harvest for my grandparents. Ah, so I was like, okay. Yeah, well, that one counts. Was, yeah. But what's even uh, kind of more fun that I don't talk about a lot is I've been skydiving. So that's like oh. a big one. Oh, my God. Yay. Scary. <laughs> How was it? Did you like it? How was it? Scary as hell. <laughs> uh, it was like so scary because I was the first one out. You know, like you don't realize when you go sky- skydiving until you're like 10,000 feet in the air that mm-hmm. the last person in the plane is the first person out. So oh. I was the last person <laughs> in, the first person out. And we're like, you know, the guy that I'm strapped to is like lifting up the plane door with his foot and checking oh. the elevation and so I'm literally right like <laughs> the door is right here looking down uh-huh. into the abyss so that was the scariest part otherwise it was so awesome it was really fun yeah. I, know. I can't even People imagine like, I was like no 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 don't take me there I know. the funny thing is I don't know if I would do it now I was at a place in my life where I was like feeling so high. Like I had just started my, my very first business, which I didn't even really talk about, but that was with a partner of mine. Um, Mm -hmm. and we were creating this women's conference and like, we were just like high on life and, you know, like, um, he asked me to go and we found a Groupon discount to go. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yes. Like I was feeling like (laughs) in that place in my life where if I die today, I don't care. (laughs) Um, but now is not the case. Like I have my partner Ben that I've been with mm-hmm. for a while and that now I'm thinking of like, I want to have babies and I want a family, mm-hmm. and, you know, so. <laughs> and I don't want to die today. <laughs> I don't want to die today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. And what do you consider to be your great accomplishment? Maybe the greatest accomplishment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whew, this is hard, but actually not now. Wow. Um, so 
uh, it was getting on stage to do a talk in mm-hmm. New Zealand. Um, four months after my best friend died and I was there by her bedside. Mm-hmm. And a day after I learned my second close friend from childhood, who all three of us were friends, um, I learned that she died a day before I had to do this oh talk. Yeah. And the talk was actually about my first friend who died and having to get on stage after my second friend died and finding out suddenly across the world. And I was in a group of entrepreneurs that I didn't know. And I was mm-hmm. like, screw my life <laughs> mm-hmm. that I am, I am so proud of getting on stage in the midst of all of that grief when mm-hmm. I had every reason to not be visible and to be like, mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, I, I don't, I didn't have to do it, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but I did, I decided to use my own work, which is giving myself permission to be exactly how I am, embracing those different archetypes so that I could feel total freedom to just be however and not have to put on a show when I got on that stage in the stadium. And I was also broadcast to like 18,000 people on Facebook Live in addition to being in the stadium, like we were live streaming mm-hmm. our, our talks. And so that was a really big deal. I'm, I'm very proud of that moment in my life. And I consider it like really the turning point for um, the work that I, I really believe in, you know, it was like mm-hmm. a good example for women that no matter what you're going through and actually, in fact, because of what you're going through, you have even more reason to be visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must, must have been tough. Yeah. It's very tough. Very mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. But also liberating. And I, because I did that, I now know that no matter what I'm going through, I have it within me to be able to still show up and make Mm -hmm. a difference. And that is like priceless to give yourself that proof. Um, And I also met my my partner, Ben, after I gave that talk. He was a Mm -hmm. videographer on our trip and Mm -hmm. he came up to me and and, uh, said, wow, I don't know how you were able to do that in the midst of what you're going through, but you, I just want you to know you're really powerful. And that was a huge moment for me too, to be recognized, um, you know, not only for my work, but by um, potential partner. I didn't know at the time, mm-hmm. but now he, he's my love, so big deal. Yeah, and that's the, it was like all meant to be that way, probably. Yeah, yeah. totally. And maybe on a scale from one to 10, how confident do you, believe you are like in the daily life like when you say like one is the lowest and ten is the highest like how confident you are (laughs) i feel like this is a coaching session so um you know honestly i feel like there's always room for growth in our confidence Mm -hmm. um you know my mind goes to like, well, what is confidence, which is a whole other conversation mm-hmm. that I know we don't have time for. <laughs> um, so everybody listen to more of, of Sylvia's podcast. But for me, I think in order to answer this question, I just have to preface it with like, for me, confidence is a lifelong journey. 
And it mm-hmm. comes down to the ability that I have to have the tools, the support to continue to release these identities that I can cling to that actually mm-hmm. stifle my confidence. Um, and so I would say a nine, like, I, I think I would be dishonest if I said a 10, I would say a nine because it's a process. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I feel like because I've had a lot of practice and I've hired a lot of mentors and I've done so much of the deeper inner work, um, and I've been through a lot, like I have a lot of life things that have happened, mm-hmm. um, that have challenged me during being a business owner that all those things have made up, um, my ability to pretty much no matter what I'm going through, like I just shared getting on stage in New Zealand, um, that I can tap into that confident part of me, even when I'm not feeling confident, which is like, that's where it's at, right? That's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So maybe the last question, what would you advise other women that would use more confidence, like what to do? What would you advise them to do? I would advise them to make friends with the parts of themselves that they don't feel like belong in entrepreneurship or leadership or as a woman. Um, Whatever you think that you're not supposed to be is actually the gateway to who you really are and to that freedom and fulfillment that we talk about. So start with releasing and healing and loving the parts of yourself that you don't love beautiful beautiful end (laughs) thank you thank you so much for being here it was like really lovely and inspiring i loved it so much thank you so much sylvia and thank you for the podcast and for just shining your light you're such a beautiful confident woman and (laughs) so glad that we connected during the facebook live challenge that i'm so happy for that yeah so thank you so much yay (laughs) thank you